And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast here in Portsmouth with you on a Wednesday. It's almost Thanksgiving, people. I regret to inform you that the Blue Jackets may, may have already played their way out of the playoffs by another U.S. Thanksgiving, but let's not look at it that way. Uh, lots to talk about, lots to get to, lots of seasons still left, and lots of interesting storylines developing in Columbus. Blue Jackets host Chicago tonight. They've lost nine in a row. The Blue Jackets have 0-7-2. A loss in any form tonight would set a new franchise record for consecutive winless games. Um, yeah, Line A back in the lineup tonight after being a healthy scratch on Sunday in Philadelphia. Much drama there. Pascal Vincent, the head coach of the Blue Jackets, who's made a lot of bold moves. Uh, I guess I think you can say that without inferring that you think they're positive or negative or support them or don't. They're bold, for sure. Uh, has vowed that he's not changing. This is the standard that's going to be all season. And sometimes it's going to be messy and uncomfortable. What do you think of that? Um, what do you think of the approach? What do you think of Gaudreau and Line at the top of the Blue Jackets roster for forwards? Um, who who owns this? It's the players. The players have to play better, of course. Are you are you honked off at Vincent right now? Are you honked off at Kekalainen right now? John Davidson, are the owners, any me? It, I mean. Whatever, um, I think I think everyone's got to put a little skin in this one on the club side, and but maybe you're looking at this and thinking this is kind of what I expected this year. This is what growing pains look like. Uh, step up to the stage if you would. You can ask a question that way. Uh, throw some a comment on the chat room. We can do it either way you, you wish. Uh, we're going for about an hour today. Um. So yeah, let's get into it. We'll start with the with the with the uh, chat room. We'll get to the stage in a bit. James T and Andrew Y stay on the stage there. We'll get to you in, in a few minutes. Um. Joe S says I hear a lot of talk about the system Pascal Vincent is implementing. Can you explain what that system is and why it isn't working? Well, um, he would tell you that the system hasn't failed. There have been breakdowns within it. So in other words, they're not nobody designs a system that would lead you uh, to nine straight losses. It's failing to adhere to the system or breakdowns within the system. Defensively, it's pretty clear that they're they are protecting the slot and the net front area, even at the cost of zone time on the outside. I mean, 
He has said, Pascal Vincent, multiple times that he liked the way they played uh, against the Rangers. If you remember that game on earlier this month, I think it was the 12th, really good game. They lost with 11 seconds left. I personally felt like that that uh, game-tying goal by the Rangers was was like coming the entire third period, just the way they played it. Very passive, very uh, laid back, very um, just in defense mode only, not almost no threats at all. I think the shots were 17 to three. Um, I think when this system doesn't work or if it's not applied properly, it can look too passive. But that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to simplify in the defensive zone and keep um, pucks to the outside. And, and at times it's, it's cost them. But I really don't think this is a failure of system. I think this is a, a failure of individual play and people adhering to the system. Uh, Eric H. says, well, the veteran players on this team start showing more leadership to the program. It feels like we haven't seen that type of intangible leadership since Felino was here. You know, <clears throat> Eric, this is a favorite topic of mine. But I'm conflicted because I, I think there are uh, good leaders on this team. Boone Jenner is by all regards a very good leader. Um, Sean Corrali is that. Eric Branson is that. I think I think this is fair. The guys at the top, I don't think Gaudreau and Line A have ever been leaders. I think in some cases they've never wanted to be leaders. Um, I feel like Line A has tried this year. I think Line A's in one of those stretches. I don't want to give him too much of a pass because he's got to own the way that he's played. But I feel like he's in one of those stretches where nothing he does uh, feels like it's going to work out right. I think he really tried uh, early this season and, and perhaps still is to be a difference maker on this team, to carry that burden. Um, I, I, I'm not in the room and I don't uh, obviously see every interaction between these guys. So it, it, it's, it's only what you can draw from limited exposure and from talking to people in other situations. I don't think Gaudreau is that guy at all. I don't think he cares to be. I think he, uh, takes care of himself, prepares himself to play. And feels like if he's at his best, that is more than enough contribution. That might be wildly unfair, um, but that's the read that I get. So it's a weird, it's a weird sort of construct here. And I, I don't know if you heard uh, Jeff O'Neill from TSN, former player, uh, very good player. Um, he sounded off uh, quite clearly about this: that if you put Gaudreau and Lining at the top of your roster, this is exactly what you get. Um, and he buried line A uh, personally. Um, I, I'm not willing to go there because I do think we've seen an attempted change in him this year. I think he's tried to be a leader for Adam Fantilli. Um, but if you want to hear from a former NHL player on this topic, look for the TSN clip with uh, Jeff O'Neill just lambasting them. Um, Christopher A says, hey, Porty, I recall you predicted before the season that the Jackets would give up 80 to 100 fewer goals against. Would you care to amend that prediction? Um, well, I mean, wrong. Yes, wrong. I don't know that it does anybody any good for me to throw another number out there. Uh, but they're clearly not going to shave 100 off of last year unless unless Ken Hitchcock takes over tomorrow. Um, 
Yeah. And, and you know, what's amazing, Chris, I'll eat it. I, I was wrong on this. It sure looks like I was wrong anyways. It hasn't been Elvis. Like Elvis has been, I, I don't think he's been really good, but he's been good this year. He's been dramatically better than he was really at any point last year. Um, I think this is one of the fascinating things about this season. You worried about Elvis coming in. You worried about the young players coming in. And Elvis has been not the problem at all. I don't think he's cost them a single game that I can recall in the first 19. The young players have been some of their best players. I mean, how embarrassing is it to the veterans on this team that Fantilli, Voronkov, and Marchenko was their best line for about a three-week stretch. It's been their best line all season. Um, it's broken up now. Fantilli's with line A tonight. Um, we've seen Fantilli with line A before, but we've not seen Fantilli in the middle in that setup. So this will be a different look tonight. Fantilli against Bedard, of course, that's going to happen more than a few times. Um, they'll be out on the ice together. But yeah, uh, I still think they're going to have a fewer goals against Christopher A. Ain't no way it's going to be 100. Uh, all right, we're going to go. We're going to take one more off the text, and then we're going to go to James T. So James T, be standing by. Andrew Y will be there, too. Bradford says, on 32 Thoughts this week, Merrick especially seemed to believe this was the beginning of the end for Line A in Columbus. Usually they don't just say things to say them. How do you sense Line A will respond, and could Merrick be right? Is the team actively shopping any events? Well, Jeff Merrick uh, knows what he's talking about, of course. Um I think he was making it clear that this was not coming from any uh, direct information from the team, that he was surmising that. It's completely fair. Um, if they are going to divide the player and the team, this is usually how it starts. Um, I didn't get any sense of that doomsday talk yesterday from Line A. He does have a modified no-trade clause, 10 teams he can approve a trade to. I don't think it's gotten to that yet. Would the Blue Jackets have to listen on anything right now? Of course they would. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Line is going to be fine tonight. Um, but that maybe that's wishful thinking. Um, he's an interesting cat, and I'm, I'm, I really can't, probably wisely can't predict exactly what he's going to do in response to this. Typically, you see a guy really roar back. Um, I'm not sure if that's what it'll look like or not. You know, I think you could also make a case here that with all the juggling that they've had to do with their lineup early on, with all of the poor play that we've seen, it's getting to a point where Yarmo Kekalainen may be well overdue to have made a trade by now, to relieve the glut, to shake things up. I'm not saying you're going to win every trade. I'm not saying you should just give players away. But it almost feels it almost feels negligent to be almost two months into a season like this with a crowded roster and a woefully underperforming team and not have made some sort of substantive trade or move. Um, and I don't mean just putting guys on waivers and sending them to the minors. I mean a move, a trade, uh, even if it's just for a draft a draft pick. Uh, we'll come back to the. To the text questions, we got one from Howard, from Philip, from Ben. Got a load of them in here. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Let's step on, on the stage now if we can. James, James T. Are now are now on front, front and nation. Hey there, Boise. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, man. Um, just uh, 
I saw, I think it was, uh, I think it was Brian Hedger that, uh, that mentioned that Mark Priest was seen in the area and how that was kind of a, a big deal. Is there anything to read, <clears throat> anything to, uh, to read into that just because, you know, we're getting close to 10 games in a row. You play Chicago tonight. You got Montreal next weekend. Those are two pretty winnable games. Like it, it feels like a head should roll. Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, Mike Priest has been known to attend practices before. It's a little unusual for him to just show up, but it is that time, right? Um, I don't know if that's to send a message to players. I don't know if he's trying to be cryptic and get them thinking. I don't know. Um, I've requested to speak to ownership. I, at this point, I, I, I feel like the conversation needs to come from ownership, not a represent a representative of ownership, and nothing against Mike Priest. I'd like to hear from McConnell himself. Um, he doesn't talk very often, uh, not to sports writers, about his team. I respect that. It's his wish. As, but I, it feels like now is the time. There's a lot going on. Um, one thing I'll, I'll also say, there were people um, not pleased with John Davidson, in some cases not pleased with me, for the Q&A. Please try to understand what a conversation goes like. Um, if you're to ask an honest question to John Davidson, are you going to fire Yarmo Kekalainen? Does it make any sense, even if he were, does it make any sense that he would say, you know what, I'm thinking about it. Throw that out there on the readers, uh, to your readers. Tell them I'm thinking about firing him. He's never going to do that, ever. Even if he's planning to fire him three hours later, he's not going to do that. Um, so I feel like he answered the questions the way he could. I know it's it's a time right now where patience is like the last thing that people want to hear. Um, there's really no good answer to some tough questions right now. Um, and they threw it all on the top two players, which is, I mean, I think there's a case to be made that this club has been built really poorly that they're half I've made this before that they're half in and half out on are, they, are you trying to rebuild or are you trying to win right now they're like an animal in the in the middle of an evolutionary development that's not fully formed yet what the hell what does it look like you've got a flipper on one side and an arm on the other um they have that feel about them so i think that's that's completely fair to say but they um yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are probably rather nervous right now, and that that's as to be expected in a pro sports team that uh, consistently and uh, routinely underperforms. Four eleven and four is not acceptable for a team that came into this, believe it or not, saying they thought they could make the playoffs. Um, but I don't, I don't want to. I mean, Priest isn't at most practices. He's not even at some practices that I can tell, but he has been known to watch practice from up above. I think he may have just, from McConnell's direction, wanted to go see what the vibe of practice was like that day. So there you have it. James, thanks for the question. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Andrew Y., you are up next. Nick C., you're on, on, in the, uh, on deck circle. Andrew, go ahead, please. You're on front of Nationwide. Hey, Aaron. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. And, and anybody thanks. giving anybody giving you crap about the uh, conversation with with uh, JD uh, can get, can go shove it. So that that's the way I, that's the way I feel. I know you're not going to answer that, but I can just tell them to go shove it because it's not. Yeah, you're, you're in a you're you're in a precarious situation. You're right. You ask him that question, he's not going to answer that. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He and he couldn't. Um. So, so a couple different things, you know, everybody, you know, you hear about the fire, 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 and, and, and that's not going to fix things like right now, but if the season is indeed lost, which it looks like it probably is, I don't, I don't see us going on a, on a 15, 20, 20 game uh, win streak. Um, even if, even if they do get it on the back half, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to just say the name Eric Tolsky, Tolsky, they should be just you know, working on that and replacing if they're going to do that and start, start getting everything ready then for, for the second half. But where I'm coming back to is, is it seems to me like it's always, you know, even, even prior to uh, Pascal, it's been the power play and it just, you watch the power play and it's the same thing. It's been the same thing for the past, you know, four or five years. And, and it, it just seems like we can't get out of our own way for, for the power play. And, and we're, we're kind of giving away, you know, at least a, at least a, a goal a game by not not scoring, and you know, even even just on an average piece. So you you think at least they would they would focus there because that has been just a glaring glaring piece. Yep. And and the other other thing I, I just wanted to say was, you know, the blender the blender of of switching people up and sitting people and everything else. And I understand like people you know holding people accountable for ice time and whatever else, but that that continuity and kind of building stuff is leads to a lot of disarray and being on yeah. you know playing teams and, and kind of working with things like that before that that you know not blame not not blaming anybody here but then I mean c- come on I mean you know Yarma's hands are all over this like at what point in time do you just call it and just and kind of just start planning planning for next year yeah so let me say this about the power play I I feel like this is I feel like the power play is the moment in the game where your star players get to strut. It's where they are put up on a pedestal on stage and now there is expectation. And I don't know that this encompasses the entire six years that it struggled, six years, but I do think it applies now. They don't want it. They are, everyone is gripping. Everyone is fragile as hell. And all the power play does is create more expectations. Uh, and look who's struggling. It's the best players on the team. Those are the guys that end up on the power play. 
And I think fragility is much more an effect on the power play than it is the penalty kill, where the penalty kill is, uh, it, it is skill, as I've discussed here before, but it is, it is guts and guile. And it's kind of like, it's like the difference between run blocking and pass blocking. Like some guys are good at it, some are not. Run blocking is animalistic shoving, moving earth out of the way. Pass blocking is upright, retreating, keeping guys at, at a boundary. Um, it's a different animal. And I feel like the, the power play right now is just calling attention on a lot of people who would rather sit in the back of the class and never put their hand up because uh, they're just in that way right now. That's Line, that's Gaudreau, that's Wierenski. I mean, you know, if that's how your power play starts, Line, Gaudreau, Wierenski. I'm not saying that's a Norris Trophy and two hard candidates, although Gaudreau has been that before. But my God, it should not be a free-falling bottom of the league power play um, year after year. Like sometimes teams go through funks in a season, and and by the end of it, the power play is doing really good. It's too late for the for the percentages to change much because they've dug such a hole. That's not this. They are, they're awful right now. And it's, I, I, just, I just think it's, it's the extreme of fragility that they don't, eh, they just want the two minutes to be over so they can go back to their sort of basic no expectation hockey again. Um, and I think that's what happens when a team loses all of its confidence. And you need those guys at the top who, even if they're not scoring, there are so many other elements to their game that they can bring and help you sustain. Boone Jenner is quietly having a really good year. He's on pace for like 30, for another 30 goal season. It would be his second. He was on pace to do it the last couple of years before he was sidelined with injury. Uh, Fantilli wants to be that guy. I think Marchenko looks different this year. Um, Baronkov has been a bright spot. There are guys that want it, but it's the guys at the top that just have not delivered. I sound like John Davidson here, but it is, it is very true. Um, and, and real quick on the GM thing, I'm certainly not the type to call for heads. That's not my position. I very rarely write columns. Um, and I'm not a fire guys frequently type dude. Um, I feel like if you hire a young first time coach or GM, there needs to be some allowances there that there are going to be some things screwed up. Uh, I mean, this is a this is a business where uh, it's not it's it's not like other businesses where um, it's just very unpredictable. You're talking about human beings here, and so it can be hard to to know what this trade is going to look like. What are you getting in Gaudreau when you sign him to that big contract? You assume you're getting a leader. I don't think they've gotten that. Um, I think at the time everyone thought that they did about as well as you could do for Pierre-Luc Dubois, given the circumstances. Now, my other issue is, why are the circumstances continuing to, to pile up? It seems like that's calmed down a little bit, although this week makes me wonder. Um, so we'll move on. I'm sure we have other questions to that effect. Uh, Nick C., you are up next on stage, and then we'll go to Paul B., and then we'll go to the uh, back to the uh, chat questions. Go ahead, Nick. Hello, I hear you. 
Hello? Yes. Okay. Sorry, Aaron. Um, no problem. Hey, um, I, I just listened to something this morning, earlier this morning on uh, TSN, the Ray and Ray Ferraro and Dreg, Darren Dreger podcast. I don't know if you caught that or not. I did not. Okay. Well, Ray Ferraro had some very interesting things to say, and it, obviously not in a positive light about the Columbus situation. But what he did say about the decision by Columbus to hire Pascal Vincent as the head coach. He didn't like it, thought it was a, a mistake right from the start and said he's been around enough NHL teams. You know, he was a longtime player in enough locker rooms. He said it's very, very difficult to have an assistant coach who's been on the bench as an assistant coach with the same team roughly in the same organization promoted to a head coach and have it work. He said he's he doesn't recall very many times that it ever worked and he's not in favor of it. He thought it was a bad decision. And I got to tell you, as an as an, a, a bystander, I'm not, I don't live in Columbus. I'm not a Blue Jacket fan. I'm just an NHL fan who sure. follows the game. I think it's a bad decision, too. I and, and his actions so far, quite frankly, smack of a guy who looks like he's in over his head. And the decisions I get that Goudreau and Line A were lazy and weren't playing well. But if you lose those guys you're in deep trouble. And I think he's on the verge. If he hasn't lost them already, he's going to lose them. And yeah. you're in, you're in bad shape. And I just wonder what your comments are to what Ray Ferraro had to say. Yeah. So uh, without responding directly to Ferraro, I'll respond to what you said, because I think that's the fairest. Okay, uh, sure. Point. Uh, first of all, I'm a big fan of, of Ray Ferraro, and he's helped me many, many times with stories. Great guy. One of my favorite analysts. Yep. Uh, he's very smart, very insightful. And, um, yeah, just a really impressive guy. Um, I think, I think that's a, a fine, fair point. And if anyone can make that point, it would be a former NHL player, especially one with such a great resume as, as, as Ray. Um, I think there, there are a couple elements to this too that may be affecting Pascal Vincent. Um, I think. Clearly, the Blue Jackets wanted someone to crack some heads in the dressing room. That's what the Mike Babcock hire was. Mm -hmm. They wanted that kind of coach. Mm -hmm. uh, Yar Yarmo's answer to many, many things is work harder. Um, and I'm not saying he's wrong all the time. It's often the case. That's his answer to everything. Mm -hmm. um, so they wanted that. And I'm not sure what the interview process went went by with with uh pascal vincent right that he didn't feel probably smart to read the situation they want a, a guy who's going to kick some some asses here mm -hmm. i need to show that i'm willing to kick some asses and i think so i guess what i'm saying is i don't i don't want to say that he's not acting in an authentic way or that he's doing anything he wouldn't normally do but i do think it's possible that he's trying to deliver the goods. It's clear Yarmo Kekalainen and John Davidson are fully on board here. Mm -hmm. with, and mm -hmm. it wouldn't be happening if they weren't. Now, Yarmo insists over and over again that the, the lineup and the lines and all that stuff is the coach's call. But there's a daily update. Here's what I'm doing. Like He knows he knows line is getting scratched before he gets scratched. Right. If the GM, if the GM doesn't want him scratched, then he would have never been scratched. So he's on board. He has said he's on board. So is 
John Davidson. Right. Uh, it's possible that that uh, Pascal is acting in a way that he thinks others want him to to mm-hmm. act. I, I also I also see a situation not to be uh, too cynical here. The guy's six weeks on the job. Mm-hmm. Very unlikely he gets let go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The GM's been here ten years. There's a lot of heat there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to feel more leashed than the GM does right now. Yep. And so he's probably mm-hmm. as confident in, in his chair as he's going to be, maybe ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't listen. If John Tortorella were making these moves, people would be going crazy <laughs> right. about what a lunatic he is. That's right. Yeah. And and uh, there's some of that for for Pascal Vincent, of course. But it's probably fifty fifty. There's a lot of people that are saying, "Good, hold the players to account." Mm-hmm. If it were Tortorella, if it were Babcock, somebody else, it, I, my guess is it would be a uh, a far different response from a lot of people. But uh, I give him I give him credit for for swinging swinging big and standing up for it. One other thing, real briefly, is I do think I don't think I mean people don't care if, if I feel this way, but I'm not saying he has an obligation to tell us every reason that someone's being scratched or uh, sent to the minors or this. But mm-hmm. Pascal, in the first month or so of the season, has been very careful, almost to the point of absurdity. Why is David Yurchek not in the lineup? Oh, I mean, no reason. He's playing fine. We love him as a player. He's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, well, if that was all the case, he wouldn't be scratched tonight. Right, right. Um, right. If, if, I mean, you can't sit Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine at the end of a game and say, well, you know, they're you know those guys are fine. They're fine. But we had other guys that were going. Like, no, no, yeah. that doesn't. That's yeah. not. That's not a fair read. And so, right. I, I don't know what the meetings are like, but to hear it from Patrick's side, he was blindsided by this. It wasn't. Hey, listen, bud. We're at a point now where, unless I get this from you, I can't be playing you twelve minutes a night. Right. If I if I can't get this from you, we're just not going to do it. Okay. And then the next step is, okay, sorry, you didn't respond. It's like you warn your kid, you warn your kid. If you do that again, there's going to be consequences. Right, exactly. There have to be consequences. But you can't just step right in. So exactly. I, I, I do worry where this goes. Yes. Um, I, more I say, I wonder where this goes. I've got other other concerns we, we, we should all. It, it'll be interesting to watch play out, though. But I do thank you, Nick, for your questions, and, and have a nice Thanksgiving. You too. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Paul, you're on stage. We're going to get to the chat questions in just a second. Paul, go ahead. Hello, Paul. I think I hear you, Paul. Okay. Maybe we'll come back to Paul if he shows up again. Uh, Howard R. says, why isn't JD's job in jeopardy? Well, Howard, I don't know that it isn't. I don't know that it isn't. The person who would make that call is the owner of the team. Um, and, yeah, we're not uh, – oh, we haven't uh, heard from him. So it's hard to, uh, hard to make that uh, deduction, but I, I don't think we can say that he isn't. I will say this, though. J.D.'s at an age – he's had an incredible career in hockey. Player, broadcaster, executive. I don't think he gets fired. I don't think his last day in the NHL 
is he, him being fired. I think he retires. In other words, I would think, and maybe I would hope that the ownership would give him the courtesy to say, we're going to make a change after the season. Let's celebrate you retire the right way. Yarmo's in his fifties. He's still got work to do in the NHL. If he's not, if, if he doesn't continue on here, but JD probably my hunch is he retires. I would let it go that way. Um, Philip T says, is it too early to have Corey Promen on as a guest for front and nationwide? Uh, I get where you're going. <laughs> I get where you're going there, Philip. Corey is, of course, the prospects expert, one of them at the, uh, the athletic. Him and Scott Wheeler do a wonderful job. Um, it is too early. There's too much going on right now. Um, last year, I think we, <laughs> believe it or not, I think we were already resigned to it. Maybe we should be here as well. Um, the difference, of course, is that, you know, Severson's out, Roslevic is out. But it's not, there's not eight guys out of the lineup. So um, there may still be something to play for. Am I crazy? Uh, ben D says, are people going to backread all the line A is out of here talk if he comes out tonight and goes nutty with Mo centering him and someone else on the other flank? Is there maybe some method to Pazzi's early season madness? Um, well, there is. I mean, I, he's not just doing it to be a, a jerk, Pazzi. He's doing it to get a response. I mean, that's that's clear. Um, will people back read? Yeah, they'll hop on there and they'll they'll comment. I mean, there are a lot of people that are on Line A side here. There are a lot of people that are on uh, Pascal Vincent's side. Um. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, people are going to talk, of course. Uh, Bill S. says, lots being written about the power play. Definitely a lack of success. But the puck movement seems better slash sharper than any time other than the Panarin years. Thoughts? Um, well, miraculously, they sucked in the Panarin years. Uh, the power play did. Terrible. Bottom third of the league. Um you know what? There are times where the, the power play does look good. It should. There's skill out there. There's lots of skill out there. I think what happens, and we've seen this, is it's been better early in games, and it gets very quickly demoralized along with the rest of the team. And then there are uh, power plays where they don't even get set up in the in the zone. I mean, and as we watched practice this week, they, they practice power play all the time. They never practice establishing the zone, which is kind of the first hurdle that they have to hear or clear um okay let's go to patrick d bill real quick they haven't had a good power play since sam gagne was here and yes i realize there are a ton of people listening to this right now going sam gagne was here he was he had a hell of a year fourth liner except power play uh patrick d says after talking with many fellow fans i have yet to find a single person who thinks that yarmo should keep his job okay I appreciate the polling, Patrick. Doesn't McConnell owe it to the fan base who has supported mediocre teams for far too long and deserves a winner to fire Yarmo? Um, well, I think he I think he should fire Yarmo if he doesn't think he's doing the job anymore. But I can tell you this. That's John Davidson's call. John Davidson is the hockey connection to the rink, uh, to the team from the ownership level. So... An, an owner could do, we heard reports this week that the Pittsburgh Steelers owner fired the offensive coordinator. 
later the head coach took credit for it. Don't know how it went. Um, there are involved owners that that uh, would make that call. Um, I to me, it's still McConnell talking to John Davidson, and John Davidson making the call. So uh, Ryan D says, "How soon would it be fair to reevaluate what Pazzi is doing?" He was thrown into the fire, and this type of system takes time. But when is the time to seriously be critical about it? Us fans are fed up already. Last season was bad. We can't stomach an equally or worse season right after. Um, yeah, well, I feel for you, uh, Ryan. Um, I mean, I don't think you can safely evaluate everything Pascal's done right now and said and say that this is uh, ineffective or this is lunacy, yada, yada. Um Probably little time is warranted. What if Gaudreau and Liney come out of this plane like gangbusters? Possible. Hmm. Um, Scott M says, preseason you said you were almost worried we didn't go deep enough into the well, so to say. What does that mean? We didn't go. Scott, I'm not quite sure. Preseason, you said we you were almost worried we didn't go deep enough into the well, so to say. Does this troubled season bring some comfort to that concern? Um, if you if you're listening, Scott, I hope you are. Fire off another text, and as I scroll through here, maybe I'll get some clarity. I, I apologize. I'm not sure what you mean. Maybe I'm missing something. Uh, Christopher A says, anybody else missing Bradshaw while watching Philly run that power kill against the Jackets the other night? Uh, Christopher, I do miss Bradshaw. Always a great guy to talk to. Um, always good for a for a uh, six dollar word, uh, polysyllabic, if you will. Um, really good guy. Really good hockey guy. Um, but I'll say this: the Blue Jackets penalty kill has been the only thing they can hang their hat on. <laughs> it's the only thing they got going for them right now. Um, Matthew B, do you think this team slash roster lacks a true identity? Oh God, yes. If they do have an identity, what would you say it is? I have no idea. They're a they're kind of a platypus right now. They're a platypus. They've got like the parts of seven different animals. Um yeah. Now this is why part of the reason why I thought this would be a choppy start to the season. But as I said to somebody on Twitter, I th- I thought it'd be a bumpy start. And he was saying, Isn't this what you anticipated? And I was like, I said, Well, there's bumpy starts, and then there's driving off the north rim of the Grand Canyon. I didn't think it would be this low down. I thought some good players could still perform as good players. Um, instead of letting the young guys be your best players. The young guys have been their best players. It's not even close. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they're a skilled team. I think they're a skilled team. But Kent Johnson's still in the minor leagues, and Eric Robinson came up, came back up. So I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. Um, Jason T says I have never seen any team blend the lines this many times, especially this early in the season. How can we expect rhythm when everyone is playing with a different personnel every night? Uh, Jason, I don't know if you've noticed, I've kept a running list of the lines at the start of each game. I really think that's only the, the only fair way to do it. You're probably missing some combinations in there, but combinations change throughout a game for various reasons. Sometimes injuries, sometimes a guy leaves for half a period to get repairs on something. Um, so just at the start of games, and at last check, I got to call up my file here and see if it's updated. 
they were burning at almost two different line combinations every game. So through 19, I think there are 36 different line combinations, which is incredible. Um, and they've got more new ones tonight because they've got Fantilli at center with, with line A on the line. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the blender will be turned off when the cohesion begins. But can the cohesion begin if the blender is not turned off? One of the, that is the chicken and the egg question in the world of hockey. John P says, in my honest opinion, it's deja vu all over again and again. Uh, and common denominator, common denominator is JD and Yarmo. If we're genuinely in a restart rebuild, then do it right. Obviously, something isn't working. We don't save this organization. We've wasted all this time for nothing. Uh, John P, thanks for the, for the, uh, text. I can't disagree. They are those who have been here the longest. Um, and I, I've said many times, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can do one foot in, one foot out. But let's also cut them some slack a little bit here. Okay. Let's seriously, let's go back just a little bit. You say you're rebuilding. And that is a commitment to struggle in the short term for the benefit of the long term. Then Johnny Gaudreau, let's even go back further than that. You know that a rebuild is coming, but you're forced. They didn't want to trade uh, Dubois. They didn't want to trade him. He played his way out of town. They took the best trade they could get. Um, and many people celebrated the trade at the time. Great job by Yarmo in a tough situation. Um, that changed the makeup of this team dramatically. You went from having a big centerman, borderline 1A centerman, to having a, a goal-scoring sort of single-issue single player in line A, a goal-scorer. He's tried to be more than that at times. It's kind of what he's known for. Um, your career, your franchise, sorry, is is known when when you after the line A trade, it is known as the team where players don't want to be. Panarin left, Bobrovsky left, right. Now Dubois wants out of town. Seth Jones. They had a reputation. They may they may have a reputation. Then Gaudreau looks at them, a, a Hart Trophy finalist, 115 points, and says, I play in Columbus. Is there any reasonable person who thinks they would have the wherewithal in Yarmo's chair to say, thank you very much, Mr. Gaudreau, but we are rebuilding. We're not ready for you yet. If he had it to do over again, that may be what he decides, but can you imagine the vitriol if it came out that Gaudreau wanted to be in Columbus and the Blue Jackets didn't want him? I think that's fair to consider. Um, so I, I, there are reasons for all of this. It's not that JD and Yarmo uh, don't know what they're doing, but it, it is fair to question if they've done it the right way. And I feel like this team is, You've got some high-priced players, which suggests you're trying to win now. And you've got some young players um, that you kind of need to stick it out with. And those two things can be hard to, to mingle. 
I'll say this about your check thing, because we've had some disagreements, myself in the club, with some of our coverage. My, I don't care if you send your check to the Cleveland. It's fine. I, you could even defend it uh, at the start of the season. Of course you could. It does not hurt a 19-year-old to go to the American Hockey League and play. I think that's a great idea. Go be awesome. Go be the best defenseman in that league. And when you come up here, we know you're going to be ready. You've got too many defensemen at the NHL level. The problem I have is the in-between stuff. Keeping him here for 10 games, now you've kicked his entry-level deal in. A lot of teams, would, would the, the GM would say, you're not playing him one more game unless you're committed to him. Because we're going to get everything we can out of him uh, when he's ready, and nothing until then. That's how this has to work. The other thing is I would not tell the kid to get a place here. And then four days later, send him to Cleveland. I don't care if it's for one night. That is a meaningful conversation. You're here now. You're one of us. You're a Columbus Blue Jacket. And then four days later, hey, we need you to go. We need you. Well, we got too many defensemen. You had too many defensemen. This has been the situation. Nothing changed. Either commit to the kid or don't. If Kent Johnson isn't good enough to be with you right now, then he should not have been with you last year. And that sounds ridiculous because he had 16 and 40. Maybe it is ridiculous. Maybe he should be right here, right now. But if you don't, if you're, if you're saying, well, we got to develop him the right way and he's not strong enough, he's stronger now than he was then. And you let him play a full season at the NHL. Why did you do that? If, that, if it's not best for his development now, why was it then? Because you needed him? Well, that's not his development. That's yours. So I, I just, it does feel like an organization that's scrambling and reaching for things. Um, I think that's completely fair to say. We've got about 15 minutes more to go here. Um, we've got Jonathan R. waiting on the stage. We'll do a couple more chats, and then we'll get to him. Uh, Aaron M. says, what is the thought behind calling Robinson up versus other forwards who seem to be delivering better results? So they would watch these guys closely in Cleveland. They would get reports from Coach Trent Huber and his staff. Uh, perhaps Robinson has had great reports. Obviously, we see the Kent Johnson points and think, get him up here. Um, I think they're interested in having uh, bottom two lines that have some Peace to them. I'll be interested to see how Robinson plays because, as noted here before, he has been a frustrating player for me. Um, a fast guy sometimes, a big guy, but doesn't really use it. Um, so. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, Jeff G says, just throwing my two cents in here. Hey, Jeff, that's what we're doing, man. Uh, Many people demanding the coach and leadership team be fired, but nobody expects his team to be a major winner this year. So might as well wait it out to see if the players and coaches can work through this. Uh, and let Jarmo and JD have their time to realize their vision for this club. Jeff, I admire your sense of patience. And I will say that very few people hold that. Um, I may also suggest, I don't know this, I don't know you, that you may be not a long-term fan. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't mean that as a shot in any way. Just that you haven't put up with the, the two decades uh, of struggles here. That's what I'm suggesting. Uh, let's go to the stage. Uh, Jonathan R., you are on front and nationwide. Uh, welcome aboard. How's it going, Portsy? Good, man. How are you? Man? Good. Um, so, I, and I apologize because I missed a little bit of the beginning. So if you talked about no a bit about this, it's, it's perfectly fine. I'll go back and listen anyway. Um, but the thing I think that's, that continues to drive me craziest about this team is in the defensive zone, I know clearly the scheme that they're using is to have the forwards play a little lower down, not as aggressive to the outside and to the point especially, um, to try to protect the middle more. But the problem that, that I, I mean, I, obviously I, I'm not nearly as knowledgeable as, as hockey coaches and professionals, so I, I, they have to see this as well, but it, it's pretty obvious that that means that they almost never have breakaways, right? Like this team has to have almost no odd man rushes, uh, or at least like very few compared to probably what most of the other NHL teams out there have, because they're never springing guys. They're never uh, stealing the puck at the top and, and poking it away and, and right. on a rush and things like that. And, right. and the jackets used to, to like their, you know, their identity might've been a little tougher, they had to um, use their breakaway, and if they scored in transition, and that was kind of the main way they generated. Kind of, that was kind of uh, what I always kind of thought there. So, like, wh- what do you think about that in particular? Like, what, I mean, at some point, it seems like this defensive scheme is hurting you more than it's helping. Well, it that is the case, and it could be honestly, uh, not to give anybody a pass. It could be part of why Gaudreau and Line are struggling because Gaudreau is very much a get going, get up and get going kind of guy. 
I don't think he is a passive uh, defender necessarily. He's not a a um, combative defender, certainly. But he's the guy you got to be cognizant of when he's high in the zone uh, that he doesn't get the puck because if he gets going the other direction, you've got trouble on your hands. I, I do think they have struggled to pick up on the system. I think there have been games where they're protecting leads and you see it. Um, again, the Rangers game jumped to mind. Uh, who, who was the other one? It was a Florida that they, that was just a bad turnover. Um, but yeah, I think there's some stuff to iron out here and it could be affecting Gaudreau and Line. I'll look at the numbers and see if, if I can uh, figure out if there are fewer breakdowns um, and, and fewer odd man rushes for the Blue Jackets than they're having for other teams. And if Gaudreau and Line's production from within those scenarios has dropped. And if it's telling, um, then it, it's a story or it's at least a, a note with credit, Jeff G, in the uh, Sunday gathering. I'll give that a look. Um, thanks for the question. Um, let's see here. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Is that Zide R Z E I D? Does the trade with Nugent Hopkins seem more likely now? I mean, my with Edmonton struggling to keep the puck out of the net, could there be potential for trading D-men for him? Um, what D-men are you looking for? That's what I would say. Hopkins, Nugent Hopkins, damn good player. Damn good player. Number two center. Uh, and number one center here. I don't think Peak or Bean or Boquist moves the needle. Um, not to rain on that, but if you could put something together, obviously Edmonton's looking for immediate help. They're not looking for pieces, parts for Nugent Hopkins. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I don't think you'd move uh, Provorov or Severson right after they just get here. You're not moving Warensky. You're not moving Juracek. I don't think he, any of those guys along the, along the bottom would move the needle for Edmonton. Uh, Aaron P, not me, says if Gaudreau and Liney aren't the ideal top two on your team, then who is even remotely obtainable that should be? Well, that's the thing, Aaron. Those guys don't move. Those guys don't move very often. But that's why you got to be really careful who you add and how you where how you add them, the the money, the, the spots where they fit. Uh, we used to say here that the Blue Jackets will be a really good team when Rick Nash is the second best player. And that sounded like a major shot across the bow to a lot of people. It wasn't intended as such. Um, I think Gaudreau is a hell of a hockey player. 115 points in this league two years ago. But look at the situation he existed in Calgary. It was perfect for him. Look at the situation Liney had in Winnipeg. Again, I think Liney is trying here. I just don't know that it comes to him naturally. we got about eight minutes to go here. We'll, we'll go rapid fire here to get as many as we can. Um, Matt C says, the blender or lines is an indication that this team is not built correctly. Pascal is basically telling us this is not a good team. Uh, quite possibly. I think there are a lot of really young players that nobody has a clue what they're going to turn into. To me, the poster child for that is Chinikov. I like him. I do kind of feel like he should be in the American Hockey League right now. I want to see more from him. I don't know what kind of player he is. I don't know what they're expecting. So if you don't know what kind of player he is, you don't, what, 
how can you know what line to put them on? Um, the CBJ record during the Yarmo GM era is well into the bottom half of the league. Is this the level of success ownership is aiming for? Well, of course not, Paul B. And let me look here. I, I, uh, I, I'm going to check that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just want to have some numbers here. He started, he came aboard at the end of 1213. I think he was hired on, on Valentine's day, 2013. So let's do team stats and we'll do that. We'll see where the blue jackets rank. Uh, February, let's say 14th, 2013 to today. Okay, six, that's about 830 games. Yeah, a little more than 10. And the Blue Jackets are 21st, 887 in that span. Um, they are ahead of, well, of course they're ahead of Vegas and Seattle because they haven't played enough games, but they are of teams that were in the league then with them. They are ahead of Buffalo, Arizona, Detroit, New Jersey, Ottawa, Vancouver, Edmonton, believe it or not, Montreal, and Philadelphia. They are seven points behind San Jose, 12 points behind Chicago, and then you've got Calgary at 18. So they are in the bottom, you would say, third of the league. Uh, they are not in the, they are in the bottom half. They're more, even more accurately, in the bottom third. Um, so there's your numbers. And no, that is not what ownership is looking for, of course. Uh, Rich R says, when Pascal Vincent was hired, the impression I was given was that he was, oh, hang on. He, someone had a good rapport with the players that he was uh, offensively creative. So far, I haven't seen either of those things. You're damn right, Rich. He has, <laughs> I think, if there were players who were thinking that uh, life was going to be a lot easier without Mike Babcock, they have been in a rude awakening. Um, so, yeah, you're right. And we've not seen any offensive creativity. We've seen some individual play. I think Fantilli's had some moments that look, look really bright. So is uh Marchenko, this is Veronica. Again with the young guys. Uh, George M says, Hey, Porty Union and Blue had an R okay, had an article recently where they compared the Bruins defenses team to the Blue Jackets. They said they're very similar, except that the Bruins are good at it. No, except that the Bruins have a guy that springs out up top when the team gets pressure on the puck. The Jackets don't do that. And the article pointed out that maybe why they struggle to clear the puck. There's no outlet. Do you see that? Um, you know, I think they've been okay at times with their breakout. I think there have been times where they've been stuck in their own zone where they can't get the puck. Um, if I can delineate between the two, but actually getting the puck and breaking out, they've been decent at that. I think it's sort of crumbled here lately as their confidence has completely, you know, gone through the floor. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, Mark Recchi has played what, 1,600 games or something ridiculous? Um, these guys are watching film and, and looking at all of this sort of stuff. At some point, it's got to be the performance of the players. It's not that they – it's not that it's a faulty system. Not Maybe a system that's not arranged to strengthen these uh, players' strengths, but 
but it's not like, you know, yeah, you know where I'm going. Uh, Joe S. says the organization has historically been very poor at, at enabling and developing offensive talent. At some point, why would guys like Ken Johnson, Marchenko, Fantilli, Sillinger have any confidence that they will be successful with this organization? It seems like a matter of time before they want out if this trend continues. Um, yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't uh, guess where their minds are. But I don't, I don't doubt that, that that kind of thinking is possible. I mean, if you're Ken Johnson right now and you've got an apartment in Columbus and you're coming off a 40-goal season and you're living in a hotel in Cleveland, uh, you're probably wondering what the future is like here, no matter how much they tell you um, that they think you're going to be a really good player. I don't think you can send a player of that ilk down without them believing that it's a demotion, a, a punishment of some sort, even if, even if they say that it isn't. Um, so yeah. Uh, Owen A says it feels like the scratches, benchings and demotions have had the opposite of their intended effect. This is a young team. Wouldn't the better course of action be to put lines together, keep them together, let them grow together. Even if they don't perform at first, it feels like players don't know what their roles are, get jerked around the lineup and have punishment hanging over their heads. All at all times. Guys like DeBranson get free passes for horrid defensive mistakes every game, but Line has a bit of a cold stretch after coming back from a concussion, and he gets publicly embarrassed with the scratch. Um, so I would say this, though, and I, I don't think it's probably fair to say that Line has a bit of a cold stretch. I think it's been an extremely cold stretch. I think it's the turnovers as much as it is the offensive struggles that have driven them mad. But this has not been articulated by... Pascal Vincent, so I'm guessing as much as you are. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I think you can certainly argue that they need to have a blueprint, as we've discussed. What is Fantilli like? What are his strengths as a player? What does he need on his line? How can we help him? In some cases, you're asking how that player can help the person you're going to put on their line. Uh, Gaudreau is a playmaker. Does he need a playmaker? What's which Blue Jackets center is most like Elias Lindholm? My guess is it's Fantilli. Um, so where are we going with that? Let's go with those two. Um, I'm not a fan of Line A at center. I've said that. I say let's drop it. Let's put Line A back where he's had 40 goal seasons and say let's work it out. But what does he need as a centerman? He he pushed back on this quite a bit yesterday. I don't think he liked the question. Um, I won't apologize. I don't think he's really been completely unlocked here in Columbus. I don't. I, he can say he was a point-of-game guy last year, and he was that. I don't think we've seen the full capacity of Patrick Laine's game. And if that may be on him, that may be the fact that there's nobody here that can get him the puck like was delivered in Winnipeg in the early days of the franchise. Um, a lot to consider here. Uh, listen, thanks so much for stepping on, for posting your chats, for stepping to the stage. Our time is up. I do appreciate all of you. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, in order of the best part of Thanksgiving, stuffing is one. Mashed potatoes, gravy is two. I put them together, yes. Uh, the turkey is three. And candy yams is probably four. Um, and you put the cranberry on there to give you some sort of 
uh, arterial cleansers so you don't have those stroke at the dinner table. Uh, folks, enjoy yourself. Have a great Thanksgiving. Travel safely if you have to travel. And we'll talk again next week. Uh, thanks again. All the best to you.